Get ready in five, four, three, three, one. This is All right, welcome to episode three of Radio Free America. We'll discuss the trending topics, breaking news, delve into what's true, what's fake, and even take a walk on the conspiracy side of things. I'm your host, Seamus McLeod. I've got a lot to get to today, a lot going on, so let's get right into it. I've been meaning to get to this story, but the last few days have been the lead with Kavanaugh and his sex accusers. We'll talk about that later in the show. I promise you that, as yet another paid Democrat operative has been trotted out. The story I want to talk about to lead off the show is the Assistant Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. He's had a very well, to put it best, chaotic week. Monday, news broke that he was summoned to the White House and every single news outlet had him fired by President Trump before he even got there. But the thing was, President Trump wasn't even at the White House. He was in New York. Then outlets said he had given his resignation to White House Chief of Staff John Kelly. Again, that was false. And finally, afternoon, it was learned that he had a meeting with Trump, well, today. So why was he brought to the White House if he knew Trump wasn't there? What's going on? Well, there has to be, there's been some speculation that Mr. Rosenstein's days as the acting attorney general are fast coming to an end. And he will be shown the door. It's almost certain that his name and signature is on the fourth FISA warrant that was brought before the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, which should have made him recuse himself from being the acting attorney general and convening Robert Mueller, the special counsel, to investigate the Russian collusion hoax. Now, Rod Rosenstein was voted into the AAG by a count of what? I think it was 96 to 4. As a matter of fact, that's what it was, 96 to 4. That alone should tell you something is totally off. Only four people had reservations about putting this man into the position he currently holds. That's a little hard to believe unless he was put in there as a firewall to clean up the mess that the intelligence community created along with the FBI and to protect Mueller as he cleans up that mess. He was ordered to declassify the 20-plus pages of the FISA and immediately called the White House to request a meeting with the president, which was denied not once, but twice. I'll repeat that. Not once was he denied, but twice. So was Rod Rosenstein freaking out a little bit? Yeah, you can bet your butt he was freaking out. It appears that the president ordering this done, the declassification of the FISA, activated some kind of emergency measures. What emergency measures? And who was involved? And why were these measures in place? Well, what's going on this week? Uh, Emergency measure number one, who was involved, probably a lot of the Democrats, uh, because it appears the Inspector General, General uh, Inspector General Horowitz, has now been tasked with the review for declassification of the FISA for three reasons. Reason number one, there is a major conflict of interest with Rod Rosenstein declassifying it as he is complicit, hence him freaking out over the unredacting. His signature's on it. His name is on it, too. The Inspector General's involvement will prevent the left using the endangered sources and methods plus the Mueller interference narrative. And number three, I'm just going to put this out there. It is very possible 
that President Trump has already sent the unredacted FISA to the Inspector General as a precursor to say, hey, this is going to come out anyways, and your report better line up with it and tie everything up. No wishy-washy, maybe he did, maybe he didn't type stuff, like with the previous IG report. It said also that there is a grand jury impaneled by John Huber for all those who signed the FISA. Why? Because the FISA was falsified by going after Carter Page, and then when that didn't work out, the intelligence community used foreign assets, meaning the United Kingdom and the Australian government spies, countries we are allies with, to go after George Papadopoulos, Alexander Downer, a former Australian politician and UK high commissioner, met with Papadopoulos around May 10th of 2016 and said that Papadopoulos told him he heard the Russians had dirt on Hillary. But it was vague and in no way did it indicate that Trump himself was conspiring with Russians to collect information on Hillary. Why is this meeting important? Because it would later prompt the FBI to open Crossfire Hurricane based on false information. That's right false information if you want to read about it check out the chuck ross piece over at the daily caller it's a very interesting piece indeed i'll include the link in the show notes all right everybody you ready to get your ears cleaned here's some q-tips for you it is now entered day three since q is posted it's not the first time q has done this and in may he went nine days before posting and then upon returning went on a posting frenzy my wife who also follows q and who got me into the movement we were talking about this just last night. We concluded that Q must be very busy, or the team of Q. We think it's a team of people with the president at the United Nations in New York. I mean, it's not like there's been a lot going on this week so far or anything. No, not, nothing at all. It's been a quiet week. And we've, uh, as we head towards the looming showdown today between Senate Judiciary Committee and Dr. Ford, will she or won't she show? The odds are that she's not going to. I can't help but wonder what's been going on quietly behind the scenes involving Q in this political theater. You know, I have this feeling that when Q comes back from his hiatus, we're going to be slammed with some new information regarding the happenings and goings on at the UN uh, this past week and who was involved. I just took a look over at HN, and it has been unusually quiet. It makes me wonder if the nons are busy working on the Brett Kavanaugh accusers information. I, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that were the case, you know, and it made me think maybe they went over to the new boards over on vote. So I headed over to vote and I'll be putting those uh, links up to those boards in the show notes in case you want to check them out. It seems that the people over there are, in fact, working diligently to find out every little detail about these accusers. And there has been quite a bit of stuff found. I promise you that they're posting it and it almost seems like it's Tourette style. It's just spewing out at us uh these women coming forward they don't even realize the hornet's nest that they just kicked over i hate to say it but they're about to get stung as is everyone involved in the kavanaugh charade you know folks unfortunately the damage that these women and the democrats have caused to the credibility of the me too movement may be in fact irreparable there's a great piece up on fox news by frank mintner on this subject right now i'll put a link to the piece in the show notes Truly, though, it really is a sad moment, a sad day, and should be marked as the day that destroyed any credibility for women who actually did experience a sexual assault. It also marks the moment that every boy and man in this country will now have to wear a body camera from birth to death to protect their good name from being destroyed by false accusations. So hurry up, Q. Get back. 
Come back here and post before this Democratic-driven train, crazy train, I should say, drags all of us off the precipice. So every day as I prepare for the show, I surf the web, get some articles to talk about here on the podcast, and I came across this very disturbing video of actress Alyssa Milano. It's kind of hard to describe, so uh, here, here, just give it a listen. We will not be silent any longer! Open the door! Hear the story! 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 Open the door! Open the door! Hear the story! 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 They are afraid to hear it! They are afraid about the other secrets that will come out! Yes, she was barricading her group of insane screaming women in the Senate congressional offices. Now, this is the type of crazy I've been talking about all week. It's been going on all week, and now we've hit the day of reckoning. Now we've had three accusers rustled up by the Democrats, and the latest, Julie Swetnick, well, she is a gift from porn lawyer Michael Avenatti. She is absolutely being torn apart. Her story, right from the get-go, was put into question as for its validity and truthfulness. I mean, if you read this sworn affidavit, which I will include the link to in the show notes, it starts off with all the government jobs, lifelong apparently, she's had, and her, secu- her security clearances. Sorry. Then it gets into the details, and within the first three lines of her statement, it becomes painfully evident that this woman is most likely mentally ill and has gone untreated for a long time. Now, it makes sense why Avenatti picked her. Honestly, it does. And again, thank you for the gift, Mike. First, this woman graduated three years prior to Judge Kavanaugh and was supposedly in college when all of this was happening. She goes on to describe house parties, ten of them, where she knew the punch was spiked, yet she drank it and girls were drugged and gang raped. So she knew that the the punch was spiked at this party. She knew she knew what was going on at these parties and yet she kept going back to these parties. That doesn't make any sense. 10 parties spiked spike punch. Yet she still drank it and she let girls get drugged and raped. So my question is, with all this activity going on, A, why wouldn't you call or go to the police? B, why would you continually continually keep going to these parties if you knew what was going on or what was going to happen? This statement is absolutely devoid of proof and full of baseless insinuations. I can't help but think that this was typed up ahead of time by her lawyer. I mean, it just seems like it. And he just handed her an envelope of money and said, here, sign this. Here's the envelope of money. Sign this paper. And oh, by the way, you're going to come testify. So now... There's all this stuff coming out on the internet. Her ex-boyfriend has come out and said that he had a restraining order against her. She threatened him. She threatened his wife after he broke up with her. Threatened to kill his baby. All this. All this. She's like mentally ill. I don't know how she got these these security clearances, but there's a lot going on with this woman. So here's another point. If a lawyer pays somebody to testify. Wouldn't that be inadmissible? I mean, think about this. If you pay somebody enough money, they will say anything. So how much money did Avenatti have to pay this woman to come forward? 
I really think now don't don't mark my words on this, but I think maybe that his world is about to be invaded by investigators. Just call it a hunch. But I wouldn't be surprised if you saw his offices being raided, his bank accounts being frozen, and a full-on investigation that will most likely encapsulate Miss Swetnick. Uh, maybe even lead to his disbarring. I mean, there's got to be something in the bar that prevents a lawyer from paying a witness to testify. I mean, hey, here's $75,000. Here's $2 million. If you say this, hell, for $2 million... I'll say anything, that's for sure. Now, in case you missed it, the second accuser that came forward is refusing to testify under oath. Now, why do you think that might be? Maybe because they could arrest her for perjuring herself, lying to Congress? And here's the best part of it all. Back to the original accuser, Dr. Ford. There are a series of questions being raised about the letter Senator Feinstein held on to until the last minute. Something with the fonts aren't lining up. They're not matching up. And late yesterday, news broke that there was some doubt with her polygraph test answers and the notes that her therapist wrote down. I've been saying this for a few days now, but these women, their stories, they have so many holes in them. They're so big that you'd be able to sail the new Ford, no relation, class carrier through them. I don't know what, what's more funny. And let me be crystal clear about this. I'm not saying in any aspect whatsoever that sexual assault is funny, obviously. But what I find funny about this is how the Democrats are trying to make it seem like all of this isn't their doing. Like we're all like the Who's Tommy, deaf, dumb, and blind. Now, those who believe they just might be the Who's Tommy. But what's not funny here, and what I touched on earlier, is the damage that has been done to those real victims, and the doubt that it now casts upon their traumatic experiences, those are the women that we should feel sorry for. The ones now re-victimized by the careless actions of those willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater, just to destroy one decent conservative man nominated to the highest court in our country and his family. So you have to realize that what all of this really means for the rest of us, especially us men, I'm not going to mince words. This isn't about just one man. Well, at the moment it is, but here's the crux of it all. What can no longer be overlooked, the Democrats via the feminist movement have just virtue signaled to all of us that they are putting a bullseye on every boy, every man in this country. All part of their hive mind think and down with this toxic, toxic masculinity mantra. I know that not every woman thinks like this, and there are many good women out there. I know I'm married to one of them. It's good, it's, it's good women, though, that need to stand up. It's time for good women to, in this country to stand up, who love men, their men, the good men in their lives, their dads, their brothers, their cousins, their friends. It's time for them to stand up, raise their voices, let it be known, and let you be heard. Say it loudly. Say it proudly, ladies. Because right now, us men in this country, we need all the help we can get. We are on full, uh, they're, on, they're crazy. They're attacking us full force. So we'll head over to Twitter and see what's going on in this segment of Twitter Patter. As you can imagine, it's been a little above a cesspool today on Twitter. Not by much, mind you. 
And as a matter of fact, <laughs> I said to somebody that, you know, we're close to licking the sides of the, <laughs> of the, of the walls here. Seriously. Uh, it's been an endless amount of posts about the Kavanaugh accusers, but one post in general caught my eye. The one proverbial tree, tree through the forest, and it came from Praying Medic. My wife follows him on YouTube and Gab. Great platforms for those of you who are tired of Facebook and all their shenanigans. So the reason why his tweet stood out was because it had nothing to do with any of the Kavanaugh accusers, which you can only read so much about before you feel like you need to wash yourself in gasoline to get clean from the funky stuff clinging to you that was thrown at you by the Democrats and the far left. Seriously, that's how I felt all this week. But anyways, back to Praying Medic and his tweet. It read, Kavanaugh distraction, question mark, why, whatever do you mean? When was the last time a conservative tweeted about FISA abuse? We fall for it every single time. Now do you see why it caught my attention? It's what I started the show off talking about. He's absolutely right. I was wondering why the heck my neck was bothering me all this week. And then it hit me. Because it was from the whiplash incurred from the news cycle switching so fast. The Democrats and their operatives managed to steal the news cycle away from President Trump once again with this Kavanaugh accusation, hoax, whatever you want to call it, circus. They had to. Why? Because it's what's in the unredacted FISA that is so damning, so incriminating, it will bring the whole house of cards down on the Democrats, the CIA, the FBI, the UK, the Australians. It's that bad, folks. The night President Trump declassified the FISA, the Dems called the White House and said that they would shelve ca the Kavanaugh sexual assault allegations. Really? Now, why would you do that over the declassification of the FISA? It's because they're running scared, folks. The allegations that were leveraged, they were leveraged to try and hold over Trump. We'll give you your nominee just as long as the American people don't find out what we tried to and failed miserably to do, which was to frame you for collusion by weaponizing the government to spy on you as a civilian running for president. Even though we knew you were innocent. But wait, there's more. Yes, there's more. Where's Billy when I need him? Oh, where's Billy? I miss him. What if they weren't just spying on Trump? What if they were spying on and had dossiers on every single Republican candidate that was running for president? They never thought she'd lose. That is the absolute truth. They never thought that Hillary Clinton would lose. They rigged the system, they rigged the game, and they still got beat. And when Trump went into office, oh boy, it was the end of the world. The sky was falling, the end was there because now he had access to everything. He could see everything that Obama saw. He could see everything in the CIA. He could see everything in the NSA. They had it all. And now there's a good possibility, and I'm, I'm just saying this, I'm putting it out there because Devin Nunes, I don't know if you recall this or not, took a trip to the White House and looked at some documents there. Why would he go to the, the White House? Because that's where the document documents are held. What documents are held there? Probably documents dealing with the presidential daily briefing. So he looked at those, and he was very concerned by what he saw. Because this goes all the way to the Oval Office, 
Yes, all the way to good old Barry himself. Now do you see and understand why the Kavanaugh lynch mob has been assembled? It's not about destroying this man. It's about keeping everybody's everybody busy and away from this FISA issue. Well, if everybody is looking over here, well, they're... Their attention's not on the FISA. They're not screaming for the, the FISA to be declassified. And Praying Medic hit on this on Twitter. And he's absolutely right. It's time to switch the narrative again. And today, we're going to get past the Kavanaugh hearings. And I do think he's going to get exonerated. I do. I, he's, got, he's, he's got the evidence on his side. Okay? A number one. And just because they don't agree on the Judiciary Committee to forward him on does not mean that he does not get a vote. They did it to Clarence Thomas, and Clarence Thomas was nominated and, and put on to the, you know, I'm sorry, not nominated, but he was voted on to the Supreme Court back in 1991 after everything that they put him through. So they really thought that Kavanaugh would have caved by now. That was what they were hoping. They were planning on it. They were betting on it, and it hasn't happened. He's not going to cave. He's not going to back down, and all of their efforts are going to be for naught because in the end, Judge Kavanaugh will be vindicated and exonerated. He'll become the next Supreme Court Justice of the United States of America, and the FISA will still be declassified, unredacted, and declassified. The truth put out for the world to see. Prepare yourselves, everybody. Because this ride is just beginning. We haven't even come close to the first crest yet, but we're fast approaching it. I can guarantee you that. And yes, we will be the ones with our arms out over our heads, screaming in joy when Judge Kavanaugh places his hand on that Bible and is sworn in as the next Supreme Court Justice of the United States. So if you're ready, it's time to heed the call of duty. I uh, was sent this article by a listener, and I thank you. You know who you are. Um, checked my email and it was sitting there and I was really kind of lost for this segment. I really hadn't found anything and it just appeared. So again, thank you. This one comes from Karen Vaughn, the mother of Navy SEAL Erin Vaughn. And her views uh, about Donald Trump are much like many other people. Her characterization of Trump uh, as the salty sailor or as the fireman paint an excellent picture she has written many great books about her son and family, and I'd like to just read this and share it with you if I could. Uh, this is a comment from Karen, um, again, the mother of Aaron Vaughn, Navy SEAL. Sometimes God uses the no-nonsense salty sailor to get the job done. Appreciating what the man is doing doesn't mean we worship the salty sailor or even desire to be like the salty sailor. It doesn't even mean God admires the salty sailor. Maybe he just knows he's necessary for such a time as this. I believe with all my heart that God placed that salty sailor in the White House to give this nation one more chance in November of 2016. Donald Trump is what he is, and he is still the man he was before the election. And without guilt, I very much admire what the salty sailor is accomplishing. He's not like me, and that's okay with me. I don't want to be like him. I will never behave like him. I know we've never had a man like him lead our nation before. It's crazy and a little mind-blowing at times, but I can't help admire the stamina and ability he has, especially for a 74 or 73-year-old, my Lord, acting with his heart rather than a calculated PC think tank screened, carefully edited script. I still believe that is why 
he became our president and why he's been able to handle a landslide of adversity and still passes unprecedented amounts of good legislation for our country and does great work for many other nations, including Israel. I'm thrilled with what he's doing for my nation. For the cause of Christ, whether intentional or unintentional, doesn't matter to me, and for the concept of rebuilding America and putting her first. I will, be, I will not be ashamed of my position because others don't see him through the same lens. Should it matter to me if a fireman drops an F-bomb while he's pulling me from a burning building? Would I really care about what came out of his mouth in those moments? Heck no. I'd care more about what he's, going, what he's doing. He wasn't sent there to save my soul, and I'm not looking for him for spiritual guidance. All I'm thinking in those moments is, thank you, God, for sending the firemen, and Donald Trump is our fireman. I'll soon post this article again for those who still might not understand me. This man is crass. Okay. He's not careful with what he says. Okay. You feel offended that he's not a typical statesman. Okay. But he's doing the job of rebuilding the nation my son died for. The nation I feared was on a fast track to becoming a hopeless cause. P.S. I'm not offended that he is not a typical statesman. Actually, I applaud him for it. Forgive me if I'm smiling, but I am. Written by Karen Vaughn. Thank you, Karen, for those great words, because I know that so many people do not like the way that Donald Trump speaks. He is a New Yorker. He's a guy from Queens, but he gets the job done. He's brash. He's bold, but he gets the job done. He wants to see people succeed, and that is his stick, his mantra. And that is why America is doing well again. Lowest unemployment. Lowest unemployment in the black community. Lowest unemployment in the Hispanic community. Our economy is thriving. This is all because of Donald Trump. Not because of Barack Obama and his policies. Those were failed policies. This is Trump's economy. No matter what anybody tells you, if they try and tell you it's Barack Obama's economy, laugh in their faces. Please. It's just absurd. This country is starting to thrive again. It's coming back. And it is because of the man that's sitting in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and his administration. And I thank God every single day that he chose a lion to go into that office and bring America back. So now we'll go to fact, fiction, or conspiracy to wrap things up. You know, I like to leave things on a lighter note. Today, it's kind of mishy-mosh. That's a word. Uh, There's some good, there's some bad, I guess. Mostly bad, I guess, if you look at it that way. But apparently, Apple now has joined the ranks of tech firms like Facebook, who have been accused of enabling fake news and the conspiracy theories. Apple Safari, one of the world's most used web browsers, has been producing debunked conspiracies and false information through its series-suggested websites, reported by BuzzFeed. Up until Monday, if you typed in Pizzagate, it returned the results of a YouTube video with the title Pizzagate, Biggest Scandal Ever by David Seaman, a well-known conspiracy theorist. After being confronted by BuzzFeed, Apple removed all examples of the series-suggested sites that dealt with conspiracy theories and fake news. Now, this is where I'm going to take umbrage, because if anyone else doesn't see what's going on here or have a problem with it, then they need to have their head examined. This is nothing less than censorship. Plain and simple. 
This is our freedom of speech being stripped because someone doesn't like the subject matter or because they don't think it's real. The content shouldn't be produced because they don't think it's real. It might actually make some people think that maybe these topics could be real. I mean, if you're going to have Pizzagate removed, it kind of makes me believe that maybe it hit a little too close to home with all of those people who've been involved with Pizzagate. And Pizzagate, I believe, was about child child sex trafficking or human trafficking or both. It was a big deal. Apparently, the browser also returned conspiracy theories that were science-related. So does that include the removal of climate change deniers or flat earth people or some of those who believe that there's a planet that was once between Mars and Saturn that exploded, that made Mars, which was once a moon, now a planet? I mean, it's ridiculous. It makes me think of the videos that I watched in high school learning about the Nazis and how they built these huge bonfires with books that they banned or didn't agree with or art that they burned because they thought it was uh, just pornographic or, or didn't go along with their ideals. Look, someone's right to express their opinion shouldn't be taken away from them because their views don't line up with yours. It's a very slippery slope that once you start going down, will never end. It's infinite, perpetual downward motion, and it'll wipe out everything, every classic and modern book of the modern age of literature, everything we've known. You like Harry Potter? Well, somebody might not think that wizardry is real. It's a conspiracy. Gone. Moby Dick. They destroy that book because someone doesn't believe there could be a whale that big. It's a conspiracy theory. Look, if you don't think it could happen, it is happening. It's happened before. It'll happen again. We have to stand up to this. Yeah, it's not a conspiracy theory that they're taking conspiracy theories and what they deem fake news off the internet. And that's a fact. Hey, thanks for listening to Radio Free America. I'll be back tomorrow with a new episode. And until then, stay safe. You've been listening to Radio Free America with Seamus McLeod. Get more Radio Free America podcasts with Seamus McLeod on Spreaker, SoundCloud, and Apple iTunes. Be sure to follow Radio Free America on Twitter at Radio Free America.